For me, yeah. it comes from my childhood. Okay. Tell me about that. I grew up on, well, I didn't grow up, but I remember we lived on a cul-de-sac and there were a bunch of kids. We would have neighborhood barbecues where we would close off our cul-de-sac. Everybody would bring a, a dish and us kids would just run amok all throughout the cul-de-sac. I am still friends with some of those those kids today. And I want that. I want that for my kids. So when this, when all of this started and we started to realize what we had here in Wedgwood, we really just embraced it. And and it is I I love that my kids have that. I love that they have that same um go play outside, go play in the mud, go go get dirty outside with your friends in your neighborhood with your friends that live right down the street. It's amazing. So that's where that came from. I was lucky to have that as a child. And it, it's it's just beautiful. Welcome to Winning Strategies Playbook. The podcast where we welcome business leaders, CEOs, and industry experts to discuss the rise to the top, building wealth, and real estate insights. Here's your host, Jeremy Spann. Welcome to Winning Strategies Playbook. For more information on this show, you can go to our website, myexperiencedrealtor.com. That's experience with an ED. And when you click on the podcast button, you can scroll down, download this episode, all other episodes from all the different platforms that make it really easy for you. And of course, if you're ever looking to buy and sell real estate anywhere on the planet, even if it's not here in Dallas-Fort Worth, click on that Find a Trusted Professional so that way we can connect you with someone that will make sure they look after your financial interest in purchasing or selling real estate assets. We're not here to talk about real estate today. You go back to that little podcast button and you scroll down, you click on Amanda Suttles. Welcome to the show, Amanda. Thank you, Jeremy. Good How morning. are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, I can have fun at a funeral and I feel like I'm almost <laughs> at mine, which I hope I don't have to have fun at mine anytime soon. I Although, hope not. I had a sergeant major that I worked for when I was in the Marine Corps and he had said, yeah, I've already got this pre-recorded thing that it's that I've left directions that I'm to have an uh, uh, um, at my funeral is that somebody's supposed to hit a play button where he would go when everybody's doing the ceremony and everything else is to make like a knocking noise inside the <laughs> coffin and to go, hey, it's hot in here. <laughs> I'm going to remember that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, man, talk about bringing some joy even after death. Yeah, really. So at the beginning of these, uh, when I started this show uh, about a year ago, my father-in-law said I have to do a joke. So I intentionally do bad jokes. Mm -hmm. All right. And I thought this one be, would be fitting for what we're going to talk about in commuting and in community in our neighborhood. Right. You ready yes, for this? I'm ready. Where does a ghost go on vacation? Where does a ghost go on vacation to, uh, mm, I don't know, tell me. Malibu. Oh, hey, <laughs> <laughs> Intentionally bad jokes. That's right? all right, yeah. I've got a friend of mine that's actually been sending me jokes because he was like, your jokes are really, really bad. You, you need help. Uh, oh, yeah. No, <laughs> hey, hey, look, I know that I could go intentionally get better jokes, but I'm like, why would I do that? Why would you? I mean, look, I probably only have one listener for the show anyways, and that's why they tune in is for my horrific Your jokes. jokes, right? Yes, yes. I mean, at least they're clean, which is really uncommon for me. Very uncommon. Oh, for you. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm not used to saying things that don't have uh, censorship. Got it. So, mm -hmm. but, you know, hey, it is. So... For the audience. Yes. Amanda and I know each other because we live in the same neighborhood. We do. We do. Yes. And there is an organization there is. that is our neighborhood association. Mm -hmm. What is that neighborhood association? It is called WENA, and that stands for Wedgwood East Neighborhood Association. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it has really been amazing to watch you and several others in the community not, and it's not an HOA, right? It's, it's not. Mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it's, it's just a community thing. And so for the audience is in Fort Worth, you've got different neighborhoods and everybody names their neighborhoods. Well, Wedgwood is a large area. Mm -hmm. 
So they have different pockets, Wedgwood East and so forth. Yes. So, uh, or Wedgwood North, South, and et cetera. And Wedgwood East is the area between Trail Lake over to McCart mm-hmm. and then from 35 down to about Alta Mesa. So it's that one little pocket. I think it's the best pocket. I have to agree with you. Not only can I say it is the best pocket, but it's also that out of all of Wedgwood, the most aggressive growth in home values. Oh, I believe it. Oh, yeah. 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 They are running. Like I, so I've owned a property over there for many years. I had it as a rental property. Uh, we were downsizing. Uh, we wanted to sell our house in Tanglewood. And uh, and I travel a lot as it is. And and, uh, and I have a house in Colorado, so I split my time. So I was like, I don't need this big house over in, in Tanglewood anymore. So mm-hmm. we uh, decided to come. And, of course, the house that we've had for a long time, this thing hadn't been touched since the day it was built in 1962. Yep. So... We went in and completely gutted it back to the studs, new plumbing, new wiring, new everything, just completely knocked out walls and made it into this, hey, if I'm going to have a house that when I'm here in Fort Worth, I want it to have everything. Mm-hmm. And I overspent at the time, right? And I was, I mean, I think I overspent from what I purchased the house for and what I did the remodel on is I overspent by like 50 grand. But I was okay with that because I wanted to have the nice things in it mm-hmm. because I didn't really plan on selling it. Yeah. Because that's kind of my home base of operations. And in the last two years, the home values have gone up so much that not only have I made that 50 grand back based on the equity, but I would be able to sell the house today for considerably more mm-hmm. than even with all of it. And then my contractor, Dustin Stump, did an incredible job. He was on my show in the beginning when we started the show. Mm-hmm. And then so a friend of mine bought the house next to me, Danny's old house, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And Dustin went in and did the same thing. And then across the street from us, uh, Abby, yeah. right? Dustin's over there doing that. I was like, Dustin, you made you made an impact, man. You're doing everybody's yeah. houses over here. Yeah. And he does a fabulous job. Oh, so. good. So how long have you lived in Wedgwood? I have lived in Wedgwood for six years. Six years. Six years. Okay. And what drew you to Wedgwood? Well, first it was the trees, to be honest. The trees are amazing. Yeah. And then uh, the character. The houses are all different. They might be similar, but they have character. They're they're built with quality and and the big yards and the neighbors, the people. The people were friendly. They would say hi, they would wave, and we looked at probably 40 houses and when we found this Wedgwood house, I, I that was it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's you, not updated. It's not <laughs> renovated. <laughs> I still have 90s fruit decals on my kitchen cabinets. Mm. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm embarrassed to say six years later, they're still there, but, you know, <laughs> priorities. <laughs> but no, that. it's just, I, I'm never moving. Yeah. And I joke with people and tell them when, when I've made friends, like, don't ever think of moving. I will chain you <laughs> to these beautiful trees we have. <laughs> and you're absolutely right. Is Wedgwood has abnormally large lots, mm-hmm, right? Very. And all the houses are 1960 ranch style Brick mm-hmm. homes, huge yards. And one of the other great things about Wedgwood East is the proximity. Everything. Everything is close. Yep. You're mm-hmm. close to the hospitals. You're close to the stores. Mm-hmm. You're close to the malls. And actually, if you look at how Fort Worth is by design, you have Loop 820 that goes around all of Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. And then you have I-35 that goes down the middle of that. And then you have I-30 and I-20. Yes. And where Wedgwood is is in the southwest part of I-820, mm-hmm. meaning that no matter where you work, mm-hmm. you can be there in 15 minutes. Like, unlike today with my Uber, is <laughs> normally, uh, I don't even keep a vehicle here in Texas, right? Yeah, I just usually yeah. leave it up at my house in Colorado because usually when I'm here, it's just doing business stuff. So I land at the airport, take an Uber and so forth. But one of the reasons I like about Wedgwood is, I can usually order an Uber that's there in five minutes, and then I can be just about anywhere that I go in about 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Anyway. And I don't have to drive. Yeah. And it's really convenient for me because I can text, I can check emails, I can make phone calls, which is better to do it in the backseat of a car instead of driving uh, the car, yeah, right? Yeah, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. All right? Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, you 
and a bunch of other very motivated people in our neighborhood started something a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm, We did. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah. We started Wedgwood Moms. I didn't start Wedgwood Moms. But there is probably a group of, I would say, 15 to 20 of us moms and we are right now in the process of planning Halloween. And what we do there is we uh, shut down a few streets in our neighborhood to keep it safe for all of the kids. And it's just really amazing to see the the community. They they donate candy. They get involved. It's it is like nothing you will ever experience. Like I I am probably the most passionate about Wiena because of what I've gotten out of it. And not only is is these little events that that we do together, but it's the it's the support that we provide each other. Our kids are best friends. Like how how do you have that? We live within blocks of each other. And a couple years ago we decided that Halloween wasn't going very safely for our our neighborhood. There you were, say it wasn't going very safely. Yes. Tell me a little bit more about that. Okay. So we had instances when we were trick-or-treating with our families where cars were just flying through our neighborhood, flying, almost hitting our kids, almost hitting strollers. It was ridiculous. So we decided that we had to come up with something that was uh, safer for our families. So with Rachel's help, Rachel is a member of Wina. She went around and had all of our neighbors sign a petition allowing us to close the streets down. So this will be this Halloween will be our third Halloween. I think it's our third year doing it. 4 uh, years, but the third one because we missed out last year because of COVID. You are right. Yeah, Yeah, we did not do it last year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll come back to that one. Keep going, please. Okay. So it's it's pretty amazing just just to think that there is a group of people that can get this, this stuff done just within our neighborhood. We don't get paid. We don't get anything out of it except for the satisfaction that our families are safe and happy. And it is... That I can say those things about every event in our neighborhood. It's the only thing that we care about is that our kids are safe and that we have a good environment to raise them in. We all feel like we could send our kids on the streets to go to each other's houses and we're okay with that because it, there's, there's spots throughout the whole entire neighborhood. It's like little checkpoints, you know? So, so. One of the amazing things about what y'all did is as a retired police officer, I was really, really impressed how, all right, stand out of the way when you get some motivated moms that get together, right? Yeah. And y'all, when you did the first year, so I live on a corner lot where is one of the blocks where when Rachel, who's also been on this show, it kind of be, and I've known Rachel and John for a long time, Mm -hmm. even before they lived over there. Yeah. And, uh, and so, they had come and said, hey, we're getting this petition. We want to corner this off. And it started off like cornering off a few streets, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. which was really, really, really cool. And uh, and I think I was traveling at the time because I'm an empty nester now. So my kid's off and gone to college and stuff like that. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, sure, do, do whatever. And actually, oh, I remember what it was. We were flying back in. And I had no idea. I was like, yeah, they're going to close off the streets, get some trick-or-treaters and whatnot. And then we were pulling up. And then when I saw, I was like, this is really cool. You know, you had the little pop-up tents mm-hmm. and everything else, little water stations. And so I was like, hey, this is this is really cool. So the next year, Laura and I were like, hey, let's be around, right? So we went and got a bunch of candy and everything else and just watching all the kids come in the neighborhood. And then – uh, it was, uh, yeah, I think, I think, I think we, that was one time, two time. And then the third time, well, I'm a go big or go home guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when y'all were like, Hey, can we do that again? And I was like, not only that, I got a band that owes me a favor. And so we opened up my gate and, uh, 
I may or may not have had several coolers of adult beverages. May or may not. And then I went to my restaurant and then had, I don't even know, I think I had like 30 or 40 pizzas. And I mean, it was just incredible. But not only for the neighborhood and the people that live there, there was something like thousands of trick-or-treaters because by that second or third year, I can't remember what year that was, people were coming from everywhere. Yeah, that was 2019. Yeah, you're That's, right. That you're was 19. Right. You're right. Because we took a group picture outside of your fence. That's right. With all of our children that I jokingly still say to this day, Jeremy, you can't sell your house because <laughs> I need to take that picture every year. <laughs> it was great. We were we were just like, man, this is this is really awesome. And uh and it was. It was a safe environment and uh and and hey, look. There's a lot of first responders that live in the neighborhood too. Mm-hmm. Right? So it just what you know as everybody's walking around and I'm seeing you know men and women that I served with in in Ford PD coming through with their kids and they're just like man you could just see them smile because mm-hmm. you know when you're living in a world of law enforcement you live in a very unsafe environment and the place that you want to feel safe is when you come home mm-hmm. and it's always really hard as a first responder no matter where you're at to ever feel safe because you just don't go see the things that we would see and never really feel safe. And so I was looking at Nick and Michael and several others, and you saw them smiling and enjoying mm-hmm. this and being a part of the community and and just going, man, this this feels like home. Yeah. Right? And it, and it makes it really easy to relax and really enjoy that time with your family and the kids in the neighborhood because you're not worried about the cars driving through or any of that. You're, you're able to really focus on what you're there for. It's wonderful. It is. And it and the thing is, is the Halloween it, it deal is just a small part of the community. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, last year, COVID shut everything down. The city put a moratorium on trick-or-treating and, and all of this. And uh, But when the pandemic happened, this is when this is something that really just touched my heart, uh, which is my wife and daughter will say that it's cold and it's like made of stone. Uh, but it really <laughs> gave me a warm place is because I've owned a restaurant over in Arlington mm-hmm. and everybody in the community came together and said, Hey, we want to lo- we want to, we want to, we want to, we want to be able to support these local businesses. And so Everybody would pick a business of the week and then order from there, mm-hmm. right? And then it was, I think it was Rachel that reached out and said, hey, you, sh- you should just let everybody order pizzas and then just go deliver them, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. then I was like, okay. And like, wow, like I, I've got a large truck and the entire bed of the truck was full of orders of pizza of me coming in and just going and delivering them. And that really that really meant something to me because it wasn't – the money being made off of that wasn't coming to me. Mm-hmm. It was going to make sure my employees stayed employed. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And that that was that was just some of the things that I saw, and I was like, man, that's that's really amazing what you guys have done. Not only to create safe environments for holidays, but create supporting businesses. You know, and just knowing each other and creating this community that. Kind of brings back that 1950s feel that seems to have been lost mm-hmm. over the last several decades. I mean, a lot of neighborhoods now, you don't even know the person to your left or right. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. You don't even know the person across the street. You know, and, 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 and nobody asks or checks on each other or anything else. And for y'all to bring that back was really, really cool. What? So what? what is it about community that I mean because it's it, it, it's almost like a forgotten lost art mm-hmm, right what was what 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 made y'all do this like what made y'all start Wedgwood moms and go you know what let's create a community well I'm not sure why Wedgwood moms was originally started because it was already existing when I moved into Wedgwood 
A lot of these other women have been there longer than I have. Some of them grew up in Wedgwood and then moved back to Wedgwood. I think what started was we just, I remember it was, we had a, this is a few years ago, and this is probably not our first get together, but we had a really big like play date at Rachel's house, actually. There was about 30 moms and all of our kids, and we all live in Wedgwood, and we all went to Rachel's house. And we just had the greatest time talking and getting to know each other, and our kids were playing. And it's just, it's grown from there. We've become friends. Like, we're not just a group of people that live in in the same area. We've become friends. We share our our, our struggles with each other every single day. We I talk to all of these women every single day. It's incredible. I have friends I've had my whole entire life that I don't talk to every day. But these ones, I know that they're right down the street and and I'm going to I'm going to speak for them, but I think <laughs> <laughs> I am sorry, sorry ladies, but <laughs> I I think that we all know that the value of what we have, you don't get this everywhere. You, you, this is not something, like you said, it's a lost art. It is a lost art because how many people can say that 20 of their closest friends live within three blocks of them? Wow. And that their children are going to school together, growing up together, and they're their closest friends. It, it's, it is the most fascinating thing to me that we have this in our neighborhood. And I will shout it from the rooftops. Like, if you can find this, don't let go of it. So where does it go from here? Where does it go from here? That's a good question. Well, there, there's so much more than Halloween. There's garden tours. There's a progressive dinner that we do. Um, it's a bunch of families will get together, and at each house we'll have an appetizer or a dessert, and they just travel around the neighborhood and enjoy each other's time. And... You know, there's we have all have so many big ideas, and I, I'm not sure where it goes from here. But I think that we can only just keep going forward and keep doing what we can for each other and, and building the community that we have. So I have an idea. Okay. Being not just in law enforcement and being in the Marines, but my undergrad uh, had, had a lot of studies on migration, mm-hmm. right? And I was always fascinated by migration, which really plays a part that's very effective for me in real estate. Because if I know where people are coming from and where they're going to, oh, yeah. I can be positioned to do that. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that happened a number of years ago is Fort Worth was exploding and expanding so fast that new neighborhoods were being created. Mm-hmm. And some older neighborhoods... Because the folks, I mean, the thing that's magical about Wedgwood is you can go buy a house because those people are moving into a retirement home now that literally were the original occupants of that house from the 60s. Oh, yeah. Right? Yes. And so when we started watching a lot of new neighborhoods being built, you had some of these older neighborhoods that, I don't want to say deteriorated, but started to wither away a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so like, especially down getting closer to Alta Mesa and south of Alta Mesa, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you had pockets of areas that started to become distressed. So it, I don't know if you ever heard of the broken windows theory that was out of New York. It's like, hey, if you're in an area that's a bunch of broken windows, then there's probably some crime going on. So if we go in there and we clean it up, we paint it over the graffiti, we get rid of the broken windows, then that neighborhood will revitalize. Well, we started seeing a lot of that happen south of Alta Mesa, mm-hmm. and it started creeping up on Alta Mesa, jumping Alta Mesa and moving its way north. And so when you start to see neighborhoods deteriorate a little bit, then what happens is people start feeling unsafe. So then you have more migration of people that move out of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And as people that are moving out of the neighborhood, then crime starts moving into the neighborhood. And I started watching that start to happen. You saw a lot of burglaries, cars getting broken into and all these things. And when you have schools that are over there in that neighborhood, then people want to move because they want to put their kids in better schools. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And. Actually, I think there was a statistic a number of years ago that said over 33% of crime committed were committed by juveniles. 
And so now you've got juveniles that are doing criminal activity. Well, they're not only doing criminal activity, but they're inside the schools. Mm -hmm. So you saw schools like Southwest that when I was growing up, Southwest was the powerhouse of Fort Worth. Like we didn't even want to play them in baseball. I played baseball growing up and because they were just dominating. And then it was sad to see that people were like, I don't want my kids going Southwest because there was gangs and everything else that had moved in. Mm-hmm. Well, as Wedgwood, especially Wedgwood East, started having young families moving back in to the area, renovating homes, updating homes, getting their yards cleaner, yard of the month, all this other mm-hmm. stuff, it started to empower the neighborhood. So those less desirable criminal elements that were pushing north started regressing and moving south mm-hmm. back towards Alta Mesa, back to the other side of Alta Mesa, because what started happening is regardless of what people think about crime and everything else is criminals are like terrorists. Okay. They don't go after hard targets. Mm-hmm. They don't go after hard targets because they don't want to get caught. They go after easier targets. And so criminal elements started seeing like, wait a minute, it's a lot harder to not get, it's a lot harder to not get caught in Wedgwood because people are out walking. Mm-hmm. People are checking on their neighbors. Yes. People were doing all these things. And so you did, you actually, if you went, I bet you nine to nothing and asked Fort Worth PD for crime stats in Wedgwood. You will see where it went on the rise and then went on the decline. And I knew that something had changed uh, a number of years ago when I started realizing how many Fort Worth officers I knew that were moving into the neighborhood. Yeah, we have quite a few. Quite a few. Yeah. I always tell people, Wedgwood is the safest place to live in <laughs> because, because there's nothing but cops that live yeah. everywhere, right? Every street. You, know, you never know. They're all over. They're, you're it's literally, wonderful. You're, you're probably accurate that especially in Wedgwood East – is that per street, there is at least one police officer that lives yeah. on that street. I had one right across the street. She just moved. I'm going to miss her. And then Mike and Abby live on the same street down the street. So, yeah. yeah, it's wonderful. Who, who, who's moving? Uh, her name was Amy. Amy. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, yeah. you know, sometimes people go and move. We just need to find another police officer to move into her house. <laughs> I know, right? Well, somebody already moved in, but welcome to the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you like trick-or-treating. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, and that's the thing about communities, right? And this is why I wanted to have you on the show is because of that lost art of community, people don't realize is that there's actually additional benefits other than feeling safe mm-hmm. and other than having a collection of friends mm-hmm. that live mm-hmm. within blocks other than a safe place for kids to now the schools are changing over there. Mm-hmm. Like, have you seen the renovation they've done to Southwest? It looks great, man. So again, it went from looking old and run down mm-hmm. to a splat. It, it's amazing what fresh paint will do. Right? I know. Yeah. And it's so now that's the start. Does Southwest still have some problems? Yeah, but they're on their way of getting rid of them because they're, they're empowering people to go, you know what? no, that's our school. Yeah. Let's make that school great again. Mm-hmm. And so you see things, which means when you have the community getting invested and going, no, we're going to put our kids there, then that puts demands on the ISD to go, hey, we need good teachers, good education, good curriculums, good everything else. And then that pours into the other elementary schools and the, and the middle schools that are over there, right? Mm-hmm. But here's something else that it does. It allows the asset that people have bought to increase in value. See, for most people, the largest financial purchase they will ever have in their life is buying a home. Mm -hmm. And then people always worry, am I investing in this home right? You know, is it going to grow in value? And so because of the community and what y'all have done, the home values over there, there's a direct correlation to why they're going through the roof. So when I originally bought my house over there, it was 2007, bought it for 140,000. My house today would trade for over 400,000. It's incredible. 
It's nuts. It is right? nuts. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I remember when, because my wife and I have been in real estate for some time. And yeah. She's been in it for even longer than me. And she was like, I never thought Wedgwood would pop over 200. And then we were like, man, we never thought Wedgwood would pop over 300. Mm-hmm. And now we're like, Wedgwood's popping for over 400,000. Yeah. yeah. Right? And we're not talking centuries. Right? Mm-hmm. We're talking a very short amount of time. Very short. Yeah. And, and, and people want to be there. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So this attraction to community, where does that come from for you? For me, yeah. it comes from my childhood. Okay. Tell me about that. I grew up on, well, I didn't grow up, but I remember we lived on a cul-de-sac and there were a bunch of kids. We would have neighborhood barbecues where we would close off our cul-de-sac. Everybody would bring a, a dish and us kids would just run amok all throughout the cul-de-sac. I am still friends with some of those those kids today. And I want that. I want that for my kids. So when this, when all of this started and we started to realize what we had here in Wedgwood, we really just embraced it. And and it is I I love that my kids have that. I love that they have that same um, go play outside, go play in the mud, go, go get dirty outside with your friends in your neighborhood with your friends that live right down the street. It's amazing. So that's where that came from. I was lucky to have that as a child and it, it's, it's just beautiful. Yeah. And what I generally tell folks when, uh, when we're showing them neighborhoods, is that a good sign of a neighborhood is when there's large dumpsters outside the houses. <laughs> because that means they're doing renovations. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. They're yep. going in there and they're putting they're in there new for things. a while. They're 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 investing yes. in that. Mm-hmm. Because there's a big difference between a house flipper yes. and a house investor. A house investor is someone that is taking pride in making it that way. And uh and so <laughs> It was kind of funny as Laura was, Laura's been all over me because my front yard looks okay, but it doesn't look the greatest, right? I mean, it doesn't look dilapidated or anything else, but, um, but she's like, when are we going to do something about the front yard? I was like, I don't know. We're never in the front yard. I mean, it's good. The grass is, the grass is actually now fully grown back, right? We got the big trees up there. We've got the flower beds. Could look a lot better. And, uh, so it was really funny as John, uh, Southern, and I had uh, stopped by after we had done our renovation. He walks through the door because he had been in the house before anything had been done. Uh-huh. And he walks through the front door and was like, what the hell? He was like, you would never. He goes, I knew you did a renovation and you're outside. I mean, it, it definitely looks better than it did before. But then you walk through the house and he's like, where are all the walls? You took out the walls. You opened it up. I mean, like there's there's leather granite and there's, you know, hardwood floors uh-huh. and there's just this, you know, smooth texture, right? Because you got the crow's feet texture on a lot of these oh, old yes. ones. We, we, we actually had the entire house uh, redone with with uh, texture to smooth all the walls. Kind of like this right like here, this. right? Mm-hmm. Smooth. And then, um, and then LED lighting. And then further is what we did is we opened the windows. Oh, and I don't yeah. mean open the curtains. Like we cut them out and made bigger windows. windows. Mm-hmm. And then so there was a sliding back glass back door that was two panel. We opened it up to be a four panel. Wow. Right? So all this natural, natural light. light coming in. And then when you walk out to the back patio, right, as it was covered back patio because the roof line, we extended it out. With uh uh what is it the the stone I can't remember what's called the the whatever stone pavers or whatnot and it's all mortared outdoor kitchen we had the power line buried so you don't even wow. see any power lines but also because it's a large backyard and my garage was part of the backyard mm-hmm. we pushed the gate and fence out mm-hmm. and then put in an automatic gate and then actually so. Funny, interesting story is my house was the model home back when they were building Wedgwood. Really? As a matter of fact, the garage was an office space. Yeah, for the model homes. For the model home. 
So when we were renovating it, we had them tear that out, tear out the brick wall, put in garage doors, and convert it back into a two-car garage. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there's that driveway. And I was like, I don't want to look at my vehicles when I'm sitting in the backyard. So we separated a fence from the driveway. And then we've got the driveway with the gate that when people open a gate and pull in, it's the parking area. And then you go through the gate into this backyard oasis. Mm-hmm. And it changed the structure of what the house was. Yeah. Right? And we've got everything new. Matter of fact, it was interesting stories. We could talk about this one was uh, – you know, we had some 2020 started some pretty pretty rough roads for the entire planet. And the, yeah. we when we renovated the entire house, the only thing we hadn't replaced was the HVAC system because, like I said, we'd already overspent by 50 grand. And I was like, well, I think we got a couple more years out of it. Well, we we replaced the HVAC system this year hmm. because it decided to go out on a certain week in February. Ah. They're in the freeze. Oh, lovely. Right. So we were up in Colorado, and we got a friend of ours, uh, uh, some friends of ours. Their their daughter and our daughter have been best friends, went to private school all together. And so he's a doctor. She's an accountant. And they lived out in Alito, and their entire – they were on a well system. Like everything oh, yeah. froze. Mm-hmm. Everything was leaking. I was like, hey, we're out of town. Go use our house. Mm-hmm. So they get there and they were all excited because we're taking hot showers and everything else. And then that night, uh, Stephanie was blowing up my phone and I was like, yeah, what's going on? She was like, hey, um, it, it's cold in the house. And I was like, well, go to the electric panel. Like my house is entirely electrical. Like I can operate my entire house from my from phone. From your phone. Right. So mm-hmm. I've got not just ring cameras, but I've got ring spotlight. Matter of fact, if somebody comes near my house, it lights up like a UFO, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and it's got cameras all around the place. I can see what's going on. I had, when we, we had special doors that were brought in that if, look, you you can't keep somebody from breaking into the house if they really want to break in, but man, they're going to earn it on mine, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, everything, just go to the panel, Check that. And she was like, it says that it's 78, but she goes, man, it's not. And I was like, what? Well, what happened is the HVAC system had gone out. And so luckily we got the fireplace there and whatnot. We had a few space heaters. Mm -hmm. So they stayed warm enough. And then I sent my HVAC guy because I own a bunch of properties in TCU. And so my HVAC guy sent him out. And he's like, yeah, this thing is shot. So that was on a Wednesday. Sam went that Thursday. And uh, which is really funny. I was supposed to fly back in. Matter of fact, when the freeze started to happen, it was on Valentine's Day weekend. Yep, it was. And I was supposed to fly back that Sunday, Valentine's Day, because I had a bunch of meetings that were set up here. Mm-hmm. And that morning, I was getting up for the to leave to the airport from my house in Colorado. I was like forty five minutes away, like DFW is. And I was starting to see notifications that a lot of meetings were canceled. And I looked at Laura and I said, I think I'm just going to go ahead and stay. And I was glad I did because it gave Stephanie and Pat a place to go stay. But more importantly is all I would have done was sit on my thumbs yes, for an entire week because it was. Because uh, you couldn't do anything. You couldn't do anything. Ice. And then now it went out. So Sam's over there on Thursday and he's like, hey, man, the motherboard on this thing is shot. The amount that it would cost us to replace the motherboard um, because it's such an old system, you might as well get a new Just, system. Yeah. So he called the people that do installations and by Friday at noon. We had an entire new HVAC system. That fast? That fast. Right. Wow. It, you know, the one thing I could say is owning a bunch of investment properties, it really pays to pay people very quickly. Uh, yes. <laughs> because then they know that, and man, they zipped over there, yes. put in a new system. As a matter of fact, it was really, it was really funny, man. It was when we got back in town, right, as uh, um, the HVAC goes off in the middle of the night, and I thought there was a damn 747 <laughs> because this is like the super system. Yes. I heard this, no, man, I jump out of bed, man. <laughs> my PTSD is flaring off. I'm thinking somebody's breaking in. I'm grabbing my pistol, trying to clear the house. Then I realized, I was like, what the hell is going on? So I called the HVAC people and I was like, hey, man. What is this? What the hell's going on? And they were like, oh, it's a powerful system. We'll be back over there. So they came in and made some adjustments. And what it was is, the doors that open to it are so thin that they had to pad the doors. This And what it was is below it is where the air return is. Yes. That thing was, that thing 
was was so the suction on it was so incredible that my dog toys were coming from out of the living room in there. And I was like, <laughs> now that's a system. Yeah. <laughs> so anybody that buys my house, if I ever sell it, they're going to be like, well, you don't have to worry about it being hot in the winter and cold in the summer. Right? Like, <laughs> like my daughter, when she comes to visit. So my, my daughter is that culprit that likes to get up in the middle of the night and crank the AC down. And I'm like, you're That's that me. one? And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, hey, till you start paying the damn electric bill, stop doing that. So now when we have this new HVAC system, I was like, you don't have to do it because we actually have one that works. So I could hear her get up in the middle of the night and click it down. And then about 30 minutes later, you know, because I get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And I'm in my office. I see her come and turn it back up. She's like, I just get cold in here. <laughs> I think but, I need to know what kind of HVAC system you oh, have man. now. And it was great because they were like, hey, we got this no interest thing, blah, blah. And I was like, hey, I'm all about free money. I'll do it for a year, you know. And Score. It was just, yeah. And it was, so it was really cool. So so you grew up in a community. Where, where was that that you grew up? I am from Southern California. Southern California. Southern California. By the way, for the audience out there that doesn't know anything about California, mm-hmm. people identify as being from one of two parts of California, oh, don't yes. they? They sure do. Yeah. You are either from Southern California or you were from Northern California. And those Southern California people don't like the Northern California they people. They don't. And <laughs> vice versa. Yeah. But I'm from 60 miles north of Los Angeles in the desert. Not the pretty part of California that everybody <laughs> thinks of. Not that. <laughs> uh, I loved it, though. I loved it. Uh, we spent a lot of time in the mountains. and So, yes. But uh, Southern California until I till six years ago. What happened six years ago? What happened six years ago? I met my husband. (laughs) It's always about a boy, isn't it? (laughs) Right. Actually, that was 10 years ago. But uh, he is originally from San Antonio. And his goal was to always come back to Texas. So we met in California. Southern California. In in Southern, yes. Not (laughs) Northern California. So that is what happened. Six years ago, he uh, was able to transfer with Lockheed, and here we are in Fort Worth. Absolutely loving it. Now, you had a business back in California, right? Do well, I understand it right? my family had a business, okay. yes. Yeah. And I was working for them. Uh, it was Overhead Commercial Door Company. My dad's had it for 37 years now. And uh, I, I worked for him, ran his office, did all that stuff. And that that's what I did until I came to Texas. And what are you doing now? Now I'm doing almost the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Except not for my dad. Uh, I work for Access Overhead Door. We do commercial. Commercial, think garage doors, but commercial. We don't do residential. We do big hanger doors, rolling grills, uh, entry doors, all sorts of doors. It's wonderful. Yeah, so when I'd reached out to you and said, hey, come on the show, you were like, you need to have my boss on the show. Yeah. Matter of fact, we're, we're recording his episode right after yours. He is an amazing man. It, what, what makes him an amazing man? Uh, his drive. He's honest. He's transparent. Uh, he cares. He's motivated. I, the, the list is endless. I, I'm a very blessed woman to have my job and to have a boss like him. And to be able to do the same thing I've done like my whole life. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, he speaks very highly of you. So when oh, you connected well, us and we were talking, he was like, man, I knocked it out of the park here because I was able to attract somebody to the business that already knew the business. Mm-hmm. Right. And he was like, I was able to. So the hard thing about being a business owner. So I own several companies. Mm-hmm. Right. Restaurant. The real estate business was Sotheby's. I have a real estate fund. I buy on an average of two properties a week. Wow. Yeah, it runs really fast. And then I decided this week uh, because we had an incident where my maintenance person decided to move on, which is fine. Things like that happen. Mm-hmm. And so I called two old Marine Corps buddies and said, hey, you want to build a company? And they're like, Okay, well, tell me what you're thinking. I was like, let's build a maintenance company. There is there is a severe shortage on maintenance services because mm-hmm. there's a big labor shortage right now. Oh, I know yeah. y'all are seeing it. All oh, businesses yes. are seeing it. Mm-hmm. And they were like, okay. And I said, look, normally when you have a startup, it's called a startup, yeah. right? Because then you got to go find that book of business mm-hmm. and build that book of business. I went, I've already got 
a large book of business. I was like, even just the properties that I own mm-hmm. is is enough to keep you busy. Yeah. But there's, you know, in for the audience, the TCU area is like five minutes from where we live. Mm-hmm. And, and so I was like, and there's a lot of neighborhoods that need maintenance stuff, whether it's painting, caulking windows, fixing toilets, sinks, Anything. and all that. Mm-hmm. Something that if you go hire a tradesperson is going to be really expensive. If you hire a plumber to replace your sink. It's going to be really expensive. Really expensive. Mm-hmm. But if you have someone that knows how to replace a sink because you're not messing with how the plumbing components drain, you're exactly. just replacing that, yeah. that it's significantly a less cost. Mm-hmm. And so I said, we got a large book of business. And they went, okay, cool. And they said, uh, so what do we do? And I was like, so that's a yes from the both of y'all? And they went, yeah. And I said, I'll have everything set up in the next 24 hours. And so now we've got this maintenance services company. Of, I mean, that's what I've been doing all morning. It was like, hey, here's a list of stuff. Here's what we got going. Here's mm-hmm. what's in the pipeline. And, uh, and Eric was laughing. He was like, man... We literally made this decision 48 hours ago, and you've already got a list of business to go yeah. do, right? Yeah. And and I and one of the things that was magical is I told him I said there's a lot of com- lot of community that is older that can't go do a lot of these things themselves, mm-hmm. and I, and I told him I was like just between TCU and Wedgwood would be enough to keep you more busy than you know how to shake a stick. It's very right? true. Yeah. And, 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 and so as a matter of fact of the two, one already living here, he, he lives here in the Metroplex and then the other one was living in Montana. And so I was like, all right, well go get you a U-Haul and grab all your stuff. Matter of fact, he's going to come live with me for the next six months while he's, you know, getting wow, settled and everything yeah. else. And he was like, how does your wife feel about, me coming to live with y'all and I was like well I'm never there so really it's the house is going to be all to yourself <laughs> but uh but that was one of the things that I told him as I said yeah and when you move here when we get you stabilized where you're ready to buy a house you really need to buy a house in Wedgwood yes I tell everybody that they need to yeah. buy a house in Wedgwood my parents just bought a house in Wedgwood right next door to us what yeah they did wow so they moved from California they moved from here. California well they split their time between uh, next door to us yeah. and in Nevada okay my dad still has his company in Southern California so he's still still working my brother lives in uh, in Gardnerville which is kind okay. of near Lake Tahoe so they yeah. they go back and forth so right now they're there but yeah they bought a house in Wedgwood that's awesome. Right next door to us. So with folks that are out there listening on the audience right now, if you were to, what would you tell them about, hey, it, if you want to be a part of a community, what would you tell them about Wedgwood and why Wedgwood? Why Wedgwood? Like how they would make a community like Wedgwood or why would they come why to Wedgwood? Why would they come to, to Wedgwood? Why would they come to Wedgwood? Well, there's so many reasons. Proximity we talked about. Yeah. Um, but but the community, the people, just the the level that everybody looks out for everybody and and in the heart that people have and they're passionate, you you don't find that a lot of places. Like you said, you don't know your neighbors in a lot of in a lot of neighborhoods. I know my neighbors. I know a lot of my neighbors. We all look out for each other during the February freeze. We were all checking on each other. That's why people should come to Wedgwood because that it's like that every day, all the time, no matter what happens. There, there's always something going on, some sort of event in Wedgwood. It, it's just it's constantly growing and getting better. Just in the six years since I've been here, I've seen that the progress is amazing. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when. If you had to sum up living in Wedgwood in five words or less, how would you do that? How would I do that? Five words or less. Um, Let's see. I would have to say that five words or less. Oh, man, Jeremy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, It's just the best. It's comfortable. It's home. It's home. That there's my words. It's home. It's home. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
That's mm-hmm. pretty cool. So let's say Wedgwood West wanted to replicate what Wedgwood East is doing. What are some bullet points you would give them to, to say, here's how you start the process? Uh, getting community involved big time, doing things that make it easy for the community to get involved to start with uh, trash pickup, just trying to get your neighbors to your monthly meeting, just anything small, start there. You, you got to get the word out. You have to let people know that you're there and that you, you want to have that, that there's a possibility to have that. And I think the more people that know that and the more people that try to get involved, they will achieve the sense of community that we have in, in Wena. And there's another way that you all have created as an avenue for communication. And what is that? Facebook? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Facebook. <laughs> yeah, and you got Weena, and it's like, oh, hey, what's your address before we approve you? <laughs> right, seriously. Because this is not Wedgwood. This is Wedgwood East, East right? You need to live in Wedgwood East, although there are some Wedgwood moms that don't live in Weena, but that's because Wedgwood moms encompasses all of Wedgwood, not just Weena moms. Um, but yet there's so many Facebook things. There's Flow, which is for the love of Wedgwood. Uh they focus on just community things. Uh, little, if somebody needs something, do you need this? Let's do this. Uh, there's Wedgwood East Petnet, which is another Facebook group. That is how you, it's a, I'm sorry, it's a group that you can post missing pets or if you're looking for something. There's Friends of Vega Place, which is a group that, focuses on the Vega Place Senior Apartments. They uh, distribute food and just get items that the seniors need them there. They're always doing something over there. It's really awesome. Uh, What else is there? Just the other day, there's a group called Wedgwood Area Growers. I have this this big plant of canna lilies, and I grew them. They were tiny, and they're, they're taller than me now, but they were full of caterpillars. And I was racking my brain with how the hell do I deal with these caterpillars? I got on this group, and within five minutes, I had a solution, and my caterpillars are gone. Oh, wow. I know this isn't a big deal, but I'm a plant person. My (laughs) flowers were dying, and now they're perfect, all because of my Wedgwood Garden Club is what it was called. It's wonderful. So There's so many things within Wedgwood. Like, it's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it is a true community it is right yeah yeah and and i gotta tell you you know co- so like for example is i uh i got up at four o'clock in the morning on a tuesday uh and then went straight to the airport now durango's airport is a very small airport right nothing like dfw Matt, huh? oh man <laughs> and it's really funny because like i literally because i fly in and out of there so much i know all the uh, tsa agents yeah right like, hey, Bob, what's going on? Oh, nothing. What's in your bag going to set it off? I'm like, my money's on the watch. Oh, yeah, it looks You're like right. that. You know, and, and, <laughs> and, and so literally there's like running jokes that I have with them coming back and forth. My fact, it's such a small airport that if you don't know how to time it right getting there, you may get up there to the TSA station and there's just a sign that says at lunch. Oh. Yeah. That's how small it is. That is how small it is. Wow. And, uh. And so I, I, I've got it down now where I, I've, I've timed it like even on uh, Tuesday when I was catching the 6 a.m. flight is I literally pulled up, parked next to the airport, walked in, walked through TSA. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Bob. Yeah, good. Walked through there and straight onto the plane and then got on the plane because it's got a very small lobby area and everything else. And, uh, and so I land and I, I land here at nine because they're an hour behind there. It's only an hour and a half flight, but. Mm-hmm. I'd land here just before nine and then it was, I had to actually, I came straight to the studio. Uh, uh, so that way I could record all day Tuesday. And then Eric, you know, I told you because we're setting up that maintenance company. I was yeah. like, Hey, come pick me up. Let's go look at a few properties that I want to go buy and trying to get him into the, the ring of things. And then, uh, we went and grabbed some, uh, wings and beer from Buffalo Brothers. Yeah. My favorite. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, came back to the house and there was just something about just pulling up into the neighborhood that you're like, I'm home. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right? And, and it's not that I'm home 
because I spent all this money renovating a house and it's not my home because it's where all my things are. It's home because of what y'all did to create a community that it's not just a house. Mm -hmm. It is a home. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And y'all have done an amazing job doing that. Oh, well, thank you, Jerry. Yeah. And uh, and so y'all have Laura's, Laura and I full support and whatever activities that y'all have going on, because even if we're not here for the event, we want to support it. Thank you. Because it just keeps that community going, mm-hmm. right? And, yeah. and so with uh, Chris moving out here from Montana, um, his uh, his daughter is down uh, in New Braunfels. Okay. And, and that's what I was telling him. I was like, hey, man, look, this is a four-bedroom house. I was like... I don't care if you take one of those rooms and turn it into your kid's room, right? Yeah. And then that way you can have your daughter up here, mm-hmm. you know, or he's got a really good relationship with his uh, ex-wife. Mm-hmm. I was like, look, I'm telling you, I, I like when we downsized, like we went from 4,000 square foot down to 2,500 square foot. And I'm like, I could have gone down another thousand square feet. I was like, this place is still Huge. enormous. Yeah. And, and, and I was like, you know, so we got a guest bedroom. We got this other room. I was like, just, you know, if your ex comes into town, needs a room to stay in, let her use that other room. Use this other room as your daughter's room. I was like, it's plenty of space. But I was like, but what you're going to love is the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like Karen, right? <laughs> Karen, I love Karen. Karen Karen is the dog person. Oh, she is. It's and, wonderful, though. Yeah. And she does. She walks every inch of Wedgwood. Wedgwood multiple times throughout the day with a different dog every time, right? <laughs> and, but I love it because she knows. she She's literally like the CIA of Wedgwood. She knows everything going on because she walks the entire neighborhood multiple times a day. But And I, you can walk the neighborhood, which is also wonderful. It is great. Yes. Man, there's, so so I, what we did is we have one of those... Uh, you know, One of the renovations that we did is you had the formal living and the formal dining, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then you have, we had a galley kitchen on the other side of the wall. There was a galley kitchen that had a wall that separated from the living room. Mm -hmm. So we knocked out that wall and then we opened up the other wall Mm -hmm. where now we shrunk the size of the formal living to be the dining now. And then I put up another wall where um, we turned that into a pretty large office. I mean, it's probably about a 14 foot by 14 foot office. And I've got special dry erase paint on the wall so that way I can, you know, make all my notes or uh-huh. do some strategic planning. But it's great because it's the front of the house. And again, we open up all these windows where when I am in town and I'm in there working in my office, it's really cool because I can look out on Wren and always see people walking, kids riding bikes. Always. It's just really cool, mm-hmm. right? Very I mean, cool. Laura's a marathon runner. Most of the time, she runs in the neighborhood, Yeah. right? Yeah. And she feels safe in being able to do that. Mm-hmm. So, well, I always like to wrap these things up by going back to 20-year-old self. And if we had a magic time machine and said, hey, rumor has it 20-year-old self is willing to listen to one piece of advice because we know 20-year-old self really doesn't Oh, they don't listen. No, no, no. no. Doesn't want to listen. Trust me. My 20-year-old doesn't want to listen right now. Uh, (laughs) Actually, I make jokes. She's doing great. Is if you could go back and say 20-year-old self, do or don't do this, what would be that one thing you would tell 20-year-old self? If you're not going to listen to anything else, listen to this. This is the one thing you want to know that will absolutely impact your life even more. What would you tell 20-year-old self? Uh, To set stronger boundaries for myself and to drive more, like motivate, to keep going. Keep going, Amanda. Keep doing it. I gave up a lot when I was young. Hard things were, eh, I'm not going to deal with that. But now, where I'm at now, the hard things have made me who I am. So... Keep going, Amanda. Keep going. So people want to learn more about community and Wedgwood and things like that, to come live in Wedgwood, to maybe create what Wedgwood has. Where do they find information on this? Uh, They can go to Facebook and they can go to Wedgwood East Neighborhood Association. Um, 
And really there, that would start all their information that they needed would be there. Great. Mm -hmm. Great. And if you're driving down the road and you missed out on that, you can always go to our website, myexperiencerealtor.com. Click on the podcast button, scroll down, click on Amanda Suttles, and we will have the read more on how to find out about neighbor neighborhoods like this or how to create your own neighborhood. Or if you just want to come live in the best neighborhood. Yes, the best. The best. You can find out more information there. And of course, if you're looking to buy and sell real estate anywhere on the planet, especially if you want to buy real estate or sell real estate inside of Wedgwood, go to the landing page, click on find a trusted professional, and we will get you set up and taken care of. Thank you for joining us on the show, Amanda. Appreciate your time. Thank you for having me, Jeremy. Absolutely.